You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we've been in a series getting ready for Easter uh, that we titled Each One Reach One. And the whole thrust of it has been how important it is for us to not really think about the masses. Like we have a, a lot of people in, in, our, in our first service today and, and uh, it's wonderful. Uh, but when we have a lot of people in our lives, possibly a lot of friends. Uh, but it seems that there's always that one person in our life, that one person that God has placed that uh, maybe doesn't know the Lord, or maybe they're going through a major struggle, and, and God has placed them in your life so that you can share Jesus, so you can share the answer uh, of, of who Christ is. Um, and it goes exactly with our mission of who we are as a church. Uh, our mission is to love God and love people. And you can't separate the two, because when you love God, you find his love. And he demonstrated his love that when we were yet sinners, Christ died for each one of us. Right, And so we receive that love, and that love is then reciprocated to him, but it's also given to others that are around us. Uh, we believe at Living Word that uh, a commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will always build a great and wonderful church. A commitment to the great commission. What's the great, I mean, what's the great commandment? Jesus said this. They asked him, what is, what are the, what's the most important commandment? What is the most important thing for us to grab a hold of? And Jesus, this is the same uh, uh, Jesus that went uh, down to Jerusalem on the colt of a, of a, of a donkey. And everyone said, Hosanna, uh, praise is him who comes in the name of the Lord. The same Jesus. He said, the most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then he said, and the second most important thing is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And here's my question to you. Do we love our neighbors? Do we love those people that God has placed in our lives? When is the last time that you talked to someone that doesn't know the Lord? That, that, that have you talked to them about how important Jesus is in your life? You know, the, the, greatest, the greatest dilemma that man has is the, the, the dilemma that we have when we're at enmity with the Father, when we're, at, when we're striving with the Father, where we have strife with him. And, and, and the Great Commission is centered around these words that Jesus said in, in Matthew 28. He says, go, go and make disciples of all nations. And that includes Oracle. That includes uh, Samuel. That includes Saddlebrook Ranch. You know, if you're from Saddlebrook Ranch, that includes you. It, it includes your neighbors. It includes every person playing pickleball. It includes every person that's playing tennis. It includes every person that, you know, that, that's on that golf course. And believe me, I, I'd love to be there right now, but this is more important. The reality is that, uh, that God loves people. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And then he said, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach them everything that I've commanded you to, to teach. And, and so when a church revolves around that, when a church centers around those two things, great things happen. And so at LWC, we, we believe that connecting to God is the greatest thing we could ever do. In fact, Jesus said, he said, I am the vine and you're the branches. And right now it's, uh, it's planting time. How many of you have, have planted your, your, your tomatoes and you've planted your flowers 
You've done all this kind of stuff. You know, you've got your bird feeders out, and all these birds are coming to your house. Uh, I, I, we're doing that. Sean and I, we're just enjoying. We, we, sit, we stand by the window saying, oh, my goodness, look at that cardinal. Oh, look at that one right there. Look at that yellow-bodied bird. What is that? I just call them amarillos, right, yellows. And, and, and there's all these different things going on. So you're excited. So we believe connecting is important. We believe that growing in your faith is vital that we want to grow in our faith. We believe that serving people is, is so important that we serve one another. That's why this week um, we're going to have an opportunity for people to serve because we, great things happen when we get outside of ourselves and we serve other people. We're going to serve our, 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 our neighbors at Easter, and then we believe that reaching is, is just as important. And, and, and so that's what we're, our whole thrust is about reaching people, each one reach one. Um, and so I want, to, I want to complete this series by, uh, by going to uh, fast forward from, from Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey's colt and, 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 and him uh, going the, the next week and going to the cross and, and then uh, rising from the dead on the third day. I want to go into when the church is being established and uh, the church is being scattered abroad because that's where we're at right now. We're scattered all over the place. And every one of us has the potential to bring Jesus to people that don't know him, the answer of the greatest dilemma that they have, an emptiness, a void that they have in their life. Because you may be here, and maybe that void was filled. Benny talked about his birth date, that he gave his life to Christ, and that he was born again. He became alive in Christ. And if you're a Christian in here, you're alive in Christ. And if you're here and maybe have not taking a step of faith, we're glad you're here because at least you'll be able to hear what it's all about and, and how important that is. And, and so our heart is to reach the people that don't know the Lord. And, and, and my heart goes out. My heart goes out to, to Christians that are so uh, uh, isolated from the world, that don't ever make friends that are not believers and don't ever give them that potential of them finding the answer in Jesus. I, I pray that we're never that church. That we're never the church that we just, we just hang out with nothing but, but believers. But we're, we actually welcome those that don't know Christ. And we don't get startled like, oh my goodness, I can't believe the way they talk. I can't believe the way they, they walk or they dress. But we actually say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Let me be a light unto you. right? Let me be, let me be something that, that can make a difference in them. And so, uh, so we're talking, uh, closing this, this series. I'm going to talk about a, about a guy named Philip. And, and Philip was scattered uh, with all the other disciples out of Jerusalem by this guy named Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, and he wrote the majority of the New Testament. And so Philip is one of them that's scattered, and he goes to Samaria, to this region that, that were, uh, they were at, at, at strife with the Jews. There was a lot of enmity there, and, 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 and Philip ends up there, and he begins to preach Christ, and, and he begins to, as, as God is, is, is with him, Great things begin to happen. And I don't know if you know this, but I know this, that when Christ is with us and we're sharing him, great things happen. Powerful things happen. And so they were experiencing that, that, that people that were, that were oppressed by the enemy, some of them were possessed by the enemy, and, and, and the, the demons were fleeing uh, out, of their, out of their lives, out of their, out of their, 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 their bodies, and, and, and people that were, were, that were uh, uh, sick, and, and they were lame, they were healed through the power of Christ, and all these great things began to happen. But, but what, what, what happens from this whole narrative 
is God uh, sends an angel to, to talk to Philip. And, and I want to start out with our points, okay? So here's my first point. And then we're going to go into the, into the scripture. Uh, here's my first point. Each one reach one is God initiated. It's God that does it. The initiative to reach that one person that's in your life derives from the heart of God because God loves people, all people. And he can use angels to come and uh, give us a message. He can speak to us directly by the Holy Spirit. He can speak to us through his word. And so Philip had been led into Samaria and he had ministered to the masses with great success. And many, many, many of them, the Samaritans, were coming to Jesus and he had this wonderful ministry and it kind of speaks to, 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 to us that maybe you've been ministering to a lot of people. And, and the, 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 the Lord he has Philip pause. Anyone ever paused in your life? You pause? And, and maybe you have all kinds of success going on, but God says pause. Because there's someone, hear me now, there's someone that's being missed. There's someone that needs to hear the good news. There's someone that needs to hear about Jesus. And so Philip pauses, right? And he finds out a very important lesson. And that, pick up your, your card for me, real quick. Pick up your invite cards. See, that invite card is powerful because that invite card has someone's name on it. It has one person. I don't know what that name is, but you do. I don't know what that name is, but God knows that name. And, and, and he, he's saying, pause right now. That invite card is for someone in your life that God wants to reach. Right? And that one person is loved specifically by God. Now we're going to go to the narrative. It's Acts chapter 8. If you've got your Bible, you can go there. If not, it's in your notes. It's going to be on the, on the screens. Acts chapter 8. I'm going to start reading in verse 26. And we're going to read all the way through the story. I'm going to pray a blessing over the word real quick. Father, thank you for every person here. Be with me as your, as your communicator, Lord. I'm just that. I'm just the messenger, Lord God, of the greatest message known to man. Holy Spirit, give me the, the ability to speak very clear and very wise and in a way that's, that's impactful, not for me, but because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. So it's God's initiative. This is how we find it. Now, the, now an, an angel, not the angel, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, I think that's very important because LWC, last uh, uh, three years ago, we ventured down the road into the desert to a community called Hayden, and we launched a campus. Right? Since that time, now we have merged with another church, and that church is, uh, is now filled like this. Every Sunday, it's filled. God sends us places. Amen? Okay, so he says, go to this road, this desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, 
And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. A eunuch is someone that had been uh, uh, castrated for the purposes of, of in, for, in this case, he had been castrated for the purpose of, of him being around the queen, and he, they didn't want any distractions. What a job, huh? I'm not applying for that job. But anyway, so, so this Ethiopian eunuch, an important official, he was very important, in charge of all the treasury of Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians, what yours might say Candace, your translation, uh, but Candake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his, in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip... Go to the chariot and stay near it. Now, that's important right there. First of all, the Spirit told Philip. In other words, it was God-initiated. Each one, reach one, is always God-initiated. And he told Philip, I want you to go down a desert road, not down to this, this community uh, street where there's going to be all kinds of people. There's going to be taco stands at every corner. You know, there's not going to be an in and out here. There's going to be this and that. He said, that's not what I'm, what I'm asking you. I want you to go down to this deserted place and go down this road, and you're going to find a guy. And when you find this guy, this person had all this responsibility. Now, think with me. When you have a lot of responsibilities, what do you have? Pressure. You've got the weight of the organization. You've got the weight of the kingdom. He had the weight of the treasury of the kingdom on his shoulders. And God noticed him. And you have someone in your life that has the weight of the world. It might even just be the weight of a family. It might be a mom, that, that's, that a young mom that's, that's dealing with her kids. And she's got the weight of everything going on. It could be a dad that's going to work and he's got the weight of everything going on. It could be anything. And you see that they've got the weight of the world on them. But God cared about this eunuch. He cared about him so much that he stopped this wonderful ministry that Philip had to the masses and he said, I want you to go to the who? To the, to the one. Let me help you out. I want you to go to the... I didn't, I didn't hear you. I want you to go to the one. And God wants you to go to the one. There are people all around us who are carrying the weight of life. And they're trying to manage the affairs of this world on their own. And it's impossible. Amen? Trying to carry the weight of this world is impossible. And, and most of those people in our life, just think about that one person. They're looking for the answer and we know that, that the eunuch was looking for the answer because he went to Jerusalem to worship. There was a void in his life. There was an emptiness in his life. And look at what the Spirit of God told Philip. He said, go to the chariot. And he said, what? Stay near it. I think that's powerful. See, God, God has you in someone's life 
so that the proximity of Jesus is in their reach. God has someone in your life. He has you in someone's life so that the proximity of Christ, Christ being in you, is in their reach. He says, go and stand near them and wait. And God is telling you right now, go to that someone and stand near them and wait. Wait. I'll tell you what to do. I was talking to an individual this month, and he was that person carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. And everyone, for his, uh, he's, he's 48 years old, for everyone in his adult life had looked upon him for the answers. You may know that person. It's not that guy I was talking to, but you may know that person. Everyone goes to those people for the answers of life. And they would go to him, they would go to him, and he would muster up his own wisdom, and he'd muster up his own philosophy, and he was, you know, this big guy, six foot three, about 300 pounds, so even if he had the wrong answer, he'd beat him up and tell him, hey, sorry. (laughs) But he came to the place in his life that he came to the end of himself and he had a meltdown in his life. And he came to the place where many of us have been where everything became cloudy and things didn't make sense. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been in that place where everything gets cloudy and things just don't make sense. And have you ever tried to fix things in your life when everything is cloudy. I have. And you know what happens when when you try to fix things in your life when everything's cloudy and things don't make sense? You make a mess of things. When you're in the the fog, when you're in in this place of despair, when you're with a weight of the world on your shoulders and you try to figure things out, there is no way that you can. And in our conversation, this was, these were his words. I'm going to tell you exactly who this person was in a little bit. I got permission from him when I called him this week. In our conversation, he said to me, I got to fix this problem that I made. I got to fix this situation that I made. I made it. I created this problem. I got to fix it. And I sat back. As we talked and I said, if you created the problem, how are you going to fix it, bro? I said, everyone in your life has always said to you that this is Mr. Wonderful right here. Mr. Wonderful. They might not have said that, Mr. Wonderful, but they'd come to you for all the answers. But you're sitting on the wrong chair. You're sitting on the wrong seat. You're sitting on the wrong throne. That seat doesn't belong to you. That seat belongs to God. You're finding out that you're not that wonderful. And as he as he's listened to me with all this heaviness, with all this, this pressure on him, and not being able to navigate through this season of his life, he just sat there broken. But each one reach one, while it's God initiated, it is always good news centered.
Each one reach one is always good news centered because when people are at the end of their rope, it's not our job to kick them down the cliff. It's our job to give them the solution. And the solution is always God. When I read the New Testament, I read about a Savior who loves us and who brings good news into every situation of our lives. No matter how bad it is, no matter what we're going through. And so the initiative of God for Philip was simple. It was go and help a man in his deepest need and bring him an explanation of life's biggest questions. And there are people all around us that are asking the questions of the biggest, they want the, 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 the answers of the biggest questions in their life. They're all around us. And one of them is in your life. One of them God has brought into your path. That's exactly what was happening with Philip. He had brought that one individual into his life or brought him into that individual's life on that desert road. And look how the narrative goes right there. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And he said to him, do you understand what you are reading? Notice, go and be near to this, to this person. Go and stand near in close proximity. Bring that, that, that nearness of Christ to him. Now he's running. It looks like Benny, Benny Silva, running, right? He says, do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, the eunuch said, unless someone explains it to me. That's so important. There are people in our life that need the explanation to the biggest questions that they're going through. He said, how can I? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is a passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. This is what it said from Isaiah. It said, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, tell me, please, not only did he just ask, but he said, please, help me to understand this. Who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with this very passage, because this passage is talking about the Messiah. It's talking about the Christ that would go and suffer for mankind. So Philip began with this very passage of scripture, and he told him the what? The good news about Jesus. And can I tell you, beloved, each one reach one is always good news centered. Notice how this eunuch wanted to know more about God, but someone needed to help him. If you have been sit sitting in, in these chairs for years and not sharing the good news of Christ for those people that don't understand life, think about how big that is. Think about how enormous that is if we're not sharing the good news with those people that don't understand God. That's why it's crazy to me when we have Christians who only spend time with other Christians. 
you've never heard the voice of God, or better yet, you've never heeded the voice of God leading you to that one person who needs understanding about the things of Jesus. And there are all kinds of people that are asking spiritual questions. Another discussion that I had this week was with a person who had lived a very uh, who had lived a, a, a spiritual quest. As they as they shared their story, uh, they had they went from religion to spiritualism. They tried Mormonism, and then they dabbled with the New Age, and they tried to find, but were never able to find the true God. They found religion. They found the do's and don'ts, and you have to do this, and you can go to a one celestial heaven or the other or the other religion. They went to spiritualism, uh, new age where you can be your own God. The very lie that, that, that uh, Satan gave Adam and Eve from the very beginning said, if you eat it, you can become like God. And there's people all around us that are being, being led by these different things, but they've never found that true God. And, and these people are waiting for an invite. And, and, and I believe when God is leading you, they are actually desiring to invite you into their lives and they're inviting you to, into their lives so that they can find the answer because it's God-initiated and it's good news-centered. For you to reach that one person in your life is God-initiated and it's good news-centered. And when we do it together, we double the impact of God. And when we do it together, we double the blessings of God. And people need to know that they're cared about by God. That you stop what you're doing so that you can find God. So that they could find God. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who's the prophet talking about? He went to go worship in Jerusalem. Think about it. People are worshiping all over the place. But do they know God? Have they found Jesus? It's Jesus plus nothing because Jesus did everything. It's finding the good news that he paid it all. It says, and Philip began with this very passage of scripture and he told him the good news. The good news about what? Exactly. They don't need to hear the good news about Living Word Chapel. The only good news about Living Word Chapel is that Jesus dwells here when we worship him. And he dwells in his people. Living Word Chapel doesn't save people. Jesus does. The church down the street doesn't save people. Jesus does. Amen? He gave them the good news about Christ. Jesus is everything. Everything they need and everything that they long for. Now, each one, reach one, is not only God-initiated, not only is it God news, I mean, good news-centered, but it's also salvation-driven. We got to pull people out of the fire. We got to pull people out of the dirt, out of the mud. We, Jesus reached way down 25-plus years ago when he reached deep down into the mud to pull me out. And he left me a little bit brown for flavor, you know? <laughs> he didn't wash it off all the way. He just left a little bit of brown here. See, what we need to know is that God wants to save people. Your neighbors, your family that doesn't know the Lord, he wants to save them. 
He wants for you to be an instrument and a life source to that one person in your life. Here's my question. Are you a life source of, 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 to that person that doesn't know Jesus? Or are you embarrassed? Are you ashamed? Are you afraid to share Jesus with that one person? Now hear me. Share the good news with that person. Notice that Philip didn't dream up this idea about reaching the eunuch on his own. It's not like Philip said, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to go down this desert road. I'm going to leave this ministry of, uh, uh, to the masses. All these people getting saved. We even called Peter and John down, and now they got filled with the Holy Spirit. All these wonderful things are going on. Why am I going to leave this? He, he wasn't even thinking, am I going to leave this? God said to him, go and find that one person. God is telling you, if he's speaking through me, God is telling you, just like he's telling me, go and find that one person. And here's the thing. I think that one person is already in your life. And you know what God wants more than anything else? For them to be saved. More than anything else, God wants them to be saved because life is temporary. I'm doing a service you know, we have Easter week, and we think, you know what? We're going to prepare for Easter week, and guess what happens? A young lady is driving down the road from, from, uh, through 77, and, and uh, uh, they don't know if she was texting or what happened. She goes off the road, uh, and, and she gets ejected from her vehicle, and so I'm doing a service for her on Wednesday. We are at 6 p.m. here. Life is so short, and my, my, when I sat with that family, my question was, did she know God? Because life is so temporary. And you're thinking, you know what, I'm going to have years with this person. No, you don't know that. Can I tell you, you don't even know if you're going to have years with yourself. Every, every breath is a gift. Breathe right now and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's a gift. That's a gift from God. And so we should be, we should be excited. We should be, we should be uh, led to bring those people that God has placed in our life, bring them to Jesus. Some of you guys are working with people for years and you've never shared Jesus with them. You're, you're, you've got people around you. You've never shared the good news. You, you just, you know, you just, you just afraid. I don't know what it is, but you're, you're just not sharing the love of God with those people. And so this, the narrative continues in verse, 40, uh, in verse 36, I'm sorry. And it says this, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. So he had already talked to him about Jesus. He had talked to him about salvation. He talked about put your faith in Christ. And what happens when people in the Bible put their faith in Jesus? What happens? They get baptized. Very good. He says, look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? Pause, pause real quick. So here, check this out. So everywhere we go, Living Word Chapel, where we've gone, when we do a men's retreat, we were at, we were at Bison Ranch, the fountain in front of Bison Ranch, the fountain, we baptize about eight people in there. Look, there's some water. In Greer, anyone ever been to Greer? You know that river, the, 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 the little Colorado that runs through Greer, the bridge? Right When you go through the bridge or the little dam, it's about two and a half, three foot of nothing but ice cold water. <laughs> you want to get people really uh, get the frozen chosen right out of them? 
baptize people there. Here, here, here's the thing. There, there's some people in here that you haven't been baptized. Baptism doesn't save you, but it shows everybody you're saved. Okay. Every, every person in the, in the New Testament was baptized when they came to faith except for one. And that one was on the cross next to Jesus. And he told Jesus, remember me because I believe who you are, who you say you are. Remember me when you come back in your glory. And Jesus said, I'll tell you today, I'll tell you today that you're going to be with me in paradise. Right? But every other person was baptized. If you haven't been baptized, it's important for you to take that step. So he gave orders to stop the, the, the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. Be- why? Because he had been each one reach one. He had done the work of God. And let me tell you something. This is so important. God has allowed me. And, he, and you, some of you are going to say, me too, Pastor. God has allowed me to be in the life of pers- people, uh, different individuals, to the point of them getting saved and get baptized. And he says, okay, the work's done. Move on to someone else. Okay? So there's seasons in our life when you're supposed to be in, someone that's not, uh, in someone's life that's not saved and God placed you there to get them saved. You're always going to be a dear friend. You're always going to be a, a dear brother in Christ, sister in Christ. But God always wants you to have someone in your life who needs Jesus Christ. And the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way Rejoicing. The church is about reaching people because Jesus is about saving people. Remember the guy said that, that he said he was going through a lot of pressure. He was Mr. Wonderful. And everyone looked to him for the answers. So two weeks ago, I got a a text at 4.30 in the morning from my sister-in-law. She says to me, I know you're busy, but would you please come? Your brother's in trouble. He's not acting like himself. And in her words, she said to me, will you please save him? And I texted her back and I said, Francine, I don't save people. God does. And I'll go if, 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 let me talk to my wife, and if, and if my wife is okay with this, we will go. And we went down there, and my wife said, you know, we can at least pray with, with your sister-in-law and with the kids. We love them. We love them to death. The, the, they're, they're, they're adult grown children. And we went down there, and, and uh, my brother has a very, very high position at a, at a mine uh, He's uh, done very well for himself. He's loved by everybody. How could he not? He's, he's my brother, right? <laughs> he's loved by everybody. I'm, I'm serious. And uh, I sat with him till 3 o'clock. No, well, I'm sorry. Till 1 o'clock in the morning last, that, 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 uh, that night, Friday night. And then I went there the next morning and sat with him. And, uh, and of course, my wife and his wife were with us and they ended up leaving, and we were able to, to just sit and talk. And I said, okay, it's just you and I. Let's talk. I'm not going to tell you our conversation. That's, his, that's for him to tell, and he will one of these days. 
But I'm going to tell you something, that the Holy Spirit of God showed up. And as we talked and as he cried out of all the things that he's ever done, he cried out to God and he said, Jesus, I need you. That God came and he filled his heart and his, his countenance completely changed. He was downcast. He was, he, was, he was weighed down with the weight of all these choices that he had been making. And as, as he gave his life to Jesus, now there's a lot to this story. For example, our, our uh, first cousin had just committed suicide like a, uh, a year ago and, and they were like this. And this, this, this guy that committed suicide, it would be the, the least person you would ever expect to commit suicide. He was like, no one saw it coming. And it shattered my brother's world. And it shattered my brother's marriage. He was with his wife since, they were four, since he was 14 years old. He loved her. And he was making choices that were so unlike him, so uncharacteristic, because the devil said, I have an opportune time. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to destroy this guy's life. And I said to him, as he said, I got to fix this. I said, bro, how are you going to fix this when you screwed it up? When you messed this up, how are you going to fix it? You need someone bigger and better than you. And that's Jesus. And he opened up his heart to Jesus. And, and so he, when his wife and my wife walked in, his wife looked at him. And as he hugged her, he hadn't, he hadn't touched her in two months. He hadn't held her hand. This is not like my brother. He hadn't held his hand, held her hand. He hadn't hugged her in two months. And she came in and he hugged her and he embraced her and he cried over her. And she looked at him and my wife said, you look different. Because when God comes into our lives, we look different. And so he sent me this text, and I'm, I, have, I asked his permission. I said, bro, can I, can I read this to, to the congregation? He said, yeah. He said, I'm surprised you're even asking. He's, this is a text. Hey, bro, it's me. I just wanted to let you and Shauna know that I'm so at peace with life. I have no worries about anything. I know God's going to show me the way to a great life. Bro, I can't get enough of Fran, Francine, his wife. I'm so in love with her. I just want to make her so happy. My heart is full and my mind is so clear about life. Jason, that's our, our other first cousins. Now, you have to understand that we're Mexican, right? I don't know if you noticed that, but we're, I'm Mexican. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're pretty close-knitted, Right? So that's another one of our, my, my mom's sister's sons, another one, Jason. Okay, so Jason came over, okay, came to see me, and I told him how great it is to have God's hand. Each one reach one, okay? God's hand on you and learning how clear life is with him in your life. Let me read it again. Because Jason came to see me, and I told him how great it is to have God's hand on you and learning how clear life is with him in your life. I told him how at peace I am with myself and that there's nothing I can't overcome. I told him we both got a second chance to make our lives right and we need to take this opportunity and run with it. Brother, I love you and I can't thank you and Shauna enough for taking the time to be there for your little brother, my little big brother, six foot three, 300 pounds, okay? God, now he prayed over me. He prayed over me. He prayed over me in my text. God, God, I want to thank you for giving my brother 
the gift to spread your word and show us what a loving and forgiving God that you are. See, the good, each one, reach one is good news centered. Okay? I just want to take me home, Lord. <laughs> I praise you, Lord, and I give you my soul and mind for you to lead me to you in heaven. Amen. So there's one left. I was the first born-again Christian in my whole family. When I came to Jesus, everyone thought I freaked out. They thought I went over, I just, <laughs> cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Because it was so foreign to them. That's 25 plus years ago. 25 years for this man that everyone looked to at work. His superintendent from the company. There's so much to this story. Uh, his superintendent from this company that, that he worked for, uh, and this is Freeport, went to his house that next day saying, Joe, we need you. There's a lot to this story. I'll let him share. That's his story. Loved by everybody. But he came to the place where he was at the end of himself. And that's where he found Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, here's the thing for you guys. You have that person in your life. And God wants for you to be a part of his salvation or her salvation. Just think about that. God wants you to be a part of their salvation. Pick up that card again. See, some of you, it's your kids. Some of you, some of you, your kids are, they're far from God. Some of you, it's your neighbor. Some of you, it's your, your work associate. Whose name is on that card? Whose name is on this text? You see, the God that we serve, he's a miracle-working God. He casted out every demon from my life. You know, Benny said, he said, I felt the power of God. I never felt the power of God. I felt the power of Satan for 26 years. I didn't claim Satan, but I lived for him. My actions were actions that Satan's actions are. You know what I mean? And yet God saved me. He saved me with power. And he saved my brother with power. And he wants to save your friends and your family with power. But we cannot limit the power of God. Next Sunday, this church will be filled with people. I know it. We got people calling us up from out of town. Even if you guys don't invite anyone, our family's coming. You know, seriously. I'm serious. You know, even if, if no one invites anyone, you're going to have a lot of Mexicans here, a lot of Reese's. Because when people get saved, in, you know, in the Reese home, when people get saved, I mean, we make menudo, we, you know, we taco, we, 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 but we just get together. But it's going to be filled with people. 
And some of these people don't have any peace. You're going to hear a testimony next week of someone that came last Easter that was agnostic. And they walked in the doors. The only reason they walked in the doors was because they wanted to bring their, her children to have a place to play and to get an Easter egg hunt. And so she brought them and Jesus touched her. You're going to hear that story next week. Our God is a powerful God. Our God is alive. Our Savior's not dead. And he wants us to get off of our religious chair and go and reach our communities for Christ. I pray that you'll be a part of that. And so I want everyone to bow their heads. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Bow your heads if you don't mind. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you haven't experienced Jesus, can I have you just raise your hand real quick? And if you haven't, if you haven't said, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm, I want everything he has for me, just raise your hand. Yeah, I see your hand, beautiful lady, I see your hand. Anyone else just, just saying, you know what, I want everything Jesus has for me, I want to experience Jesus. All right, let me just pray for you real quick. Yeah, I see your hand, I see your hand, brother, praise God. I see that, that's awesome. I see your hand. But more importantly, God sees your hand. And he's healing you. He's healing hurts right now. I just sense that in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, those people that raise their hands, Lord God, I just pray that you feel their hearts. Feel their hearts with the Holy Spirit, Lord God. If they said they want to experience you to the fullest, I pray right now, Lord God, that if they, they have drawn near to you, you are drawing near to them through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, and just just fill them with your love. Fill them with your grace. Fill them with your forgiveness. Fill them, Lord God, with forgiveness for what has happened in their life. Fill them, Lord God, with an ability to navigate from this day forward. Fill them, Lord, as they have been said yes to you. They're born again today. They're born again. Their lineage has changed today. And they're children of God. That beautiful, beautiful hand that's raised right now. He's a child of God right now in Jesus name and father I just pray I just pray for every person here Lord God every person has one individual in their life that needs the love of Christ father you initiated for each one to reach one father you have not only initiated but you want it to be good news centered father you also bring salvation. So I, I just pray over every person here, Lord, and I pray that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you will go to that, that they will go to that one person with your power and they will invite them and that they will be here, Lord God, on Easter Sunday and that we will see many hands go up, that we will see many people come to Jesus, that we will see many lives restored for your glory. It's not about us, it's about you. And so we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said amen and amen. God is so good. God is so good. I just, I'm thinking about that brother that you raised your hand today. And I'm telling you, God has been wanting you to do that for a long time. And you did it. And he's going to just do great things in your life. Let's all stand up and worship our king. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.